from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Presented by 2020lifestyles.com. This is The Blitz. The first look at the top stories in Seattle sports. They don't make them like us. We're not like everybody else. The rundown on everything Seattle sports on your way to work. Swing a fly ball. Deep right center field. He did it again. And the stories everyone is talking about. This is the Blitz at 6. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Blitz at 6. Lydia Cruz alongside with you Tuesday, June 16th. Ahead in this hour, we got a preview and a look at what the return to sports would look like, at least according to the commissioners of all major sports yesterday on the ESPN Sports Center special, returning to sports with Mike Greenberg. We'll hear from Roger Goodell on the NFL's protocols for returning to play. Also, some news breaking yesterday that Ezekiel Elliott and some other Dallas Cowboys players, a few Houston Texans players, according to the report, testing positive for COVID-19. So Roger Goodell responding to that. And if this will at all change their protocols or slow things down as momentum builds for the season. Also, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred didn't win anyone over yesterday when he was on ESPN speaking on his interview saying, walking back some comments he made last week when he said he was 100% sure, you know, that's pretty sure, that baseball would happen in 2020. And yesterday saying he's not confident there will be baseball in 2020. What has changed and everything going down in this uh, in this discussion between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. We've got also updates on the NHL, the MLS, uh, and their return to play plans. Roger Goodell also commenting on Colin Kaepernick yesterday. It's all ahead in this hour right now. Let's get to your headlines. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred told ESPN on Monday that he is not confident there will be a 2020 baseball season and that as long as there's no dialogue with the MLB Players Association, the real risk is going to continue. In ESPN's Return to Sports special, Manfred backtracked on statements he made last week when he alleged that, quote, unequivocally, we are going to play Major League Baseball this year and said the probability was at a confident 100 percent. Again, that's pretty sure. But Manfred's tune has changed considerably in one week's time. Here he was yesterday. Well, I know the owners are 100 percent committed to getting baseball back on the field. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100 percent certain that's going to happen. I had been hopeful that once we got to common ground on the idea that we were going to pay the players full prorated salary, that we would get some cooperation in terms of proceeding under the agreement that we negotiated with the MLBPA on March 26th. Unfortunately, over the weekend, while Tony Clark was declaring his desire to get back to work, the union's top lawyer was out telling reporters, players, and eventually getting back to owners that as soon as we issued a schedule, as they requested, they intended to file a grievance claiming they were entitled to an additional billion dollars. Obviously, that sort of bad faith tactic makes it extremely difficult to move forward in these circumstances. Was asked to clarify if he is confident of of a season by Mike Greenberg. Would you describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season? I'm not confident, uh, Mike. I, I, I think there's real risk. And um, as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue. 
Of course, Manfred, a mouthpiece for the owners and also worried about job retention in this interview, um, which is why he doesn't come off too favorable. Earlier on Monday, the commissioner's office told the Players Association that it will not proceed with the schedule as they had requested unless the union waives its right to claim that management violated their March agreement between the two parties. You heard Manfred talking about it, mentioning it there. Manfred was asked what the talks are doing for the optics of MLB while the country has been shut down by the coronavirus pandemic and has only recently started to open. And he said, uh, yeah, it's not good for our game. He admitted as much. Wait for it. Rob, where are you at? It's just a disaster for our game. Absolutely no question about it. It shouldn't be happening. And it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. Would you describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season? I'm not confident, Mike. I think there's real risk. And as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue. MLBPA Executive Director Tony Clark issued a statement on Monday in response to Manfred's comments saying, quote, players are disgusted that after Rob Manfred unequivocally told players and fans that there would be 100 percent be a season, a 2020 season, he has decided to go back on his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. Any implication that the Players Association has somehow delayed progress on health and safety protocols is completely false, as Rob has recently acknowledged the parties are, quote, very, very close. This latest threat is just one more indication that Major League Baseball has been negotiating in bad faith since the beginning. This has always been about extracting additional pay cuts from players, and this is just another day and another bad faith tactic in their ongoing campaign. On Saturday, the day after MLB delivered their latest return to play proposal that called for a 72 game season and a guaranteed 70% of players' prorated salaries with a maximum of 83%, uh, the Players Association responded, uh, their lead negotiator, Bruce Mayer, saying in a letter to MLB Deputy Commissioner Dan Hallam, Quote, given your continued insistence on hundreds of millions of dollars of additional pay reductions, we assume these ne- negotiations are at an end. Tony Clark followed that up by formally asking and charging the league with using its right from the side's March 26 agreement to set the schedule for the 2020 season, saying uh, it appears that no further discussion was going to happen, that it would be futile and it's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where charging them with coming up with the schedule. Um, And Mike Greenberg, following up on that yesterday, and um, was asking Manfred to clarify that he believes the MLBPA was saying one thing, but really intended another. Let me make sure that I'm fully understanding what you're telling me about what the lawyer is suggesting. You're telling me, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, that Tony Clark said, just tell us where and when to show up and play and we'll do so. But that it is not your belief that that is their intention. That's correct. I mean, he, he's been very open with members of the press. We've had players repeated to, uh, to us that the intention is to get us to issue a schedule and immediately begin um, litigation based on the issuance of that schedule. And so what has been the response of the owners you've talked to since then? Um, the, the clubs are interested in one thing. The clubs are interested in finding a way back on the field And it remains their strong preference to get back on the field with an agreement or at least the cooperation of the players. So part of that agreement, though, says that they will play as many games as possible. Good faith negotiation based on as many games as possible as possible. And uh, if the owners uh, wanted to delay for a couple of weeks because they don't want to play that full prorated salary, they want to get down to around 48 to 50 games 
um, and they have cause for delay, this could be part of that intention. Uh, Their lead uh, negotiator responded by sending, sorry, on Monday, MLBPA lead negotiator Meyer responded by sending a letter to the MLB deputy commissioner discussing health concerns related to the restart and uh, reportedly noted that MLB already knows of several 40-man roster players and staff who have tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, The letter obtained by the Associated Press did not elaborate on when the testing was done or how many players tested positive, but the health and safety aspect has been not a huge focus of this thus far, although um, it it still would be necessary before restarting up the season. Manfred said in Monday's interview that he believes the union intended to file a grievance that the league had not fulfilled its obligation under the March agreement to play the most games possible, which he deemed a bad faith tactic. And we heard from him on that. Um, Also, asked to estimate what the season would look like, and he said he wouldn't. I do learn as I go along. Um, Given how long my 100% prediction lasted, I'm not going to handicap it again, but it's something less than 100, that's for sure. Jeff Passan on the fact that Manfred's comments, they have everyone on the side of the players at this point. I think after Rob Manfred, Scott, said what he said, the tide completely turned. And I think the outpouring of anger and animus toward him for five days after saying 100% completely flip-flopping really got everybody who wasn't there already behind the players. Also, bad news for baseball, not just this season, but for the future. Jeff Passan noting that this is the worst the relationship between these two parties has been. The contention between the sides right now, Kevin, is higher and deeper than it has been since 1994. This is the worst the relationship has been. And you see, I mean, it it is just not like Rob Manford to come out and publicly call out union officials like that. And yet he did that with the union negotiator, Bruce Meyer. He did that with Tony Clark. And he's saying that they are operating in bad faith, which is as as harsh of a charge as one lawyer can put to another. But those optimists out there, Jeff Passon still saying they are still believing they are getting baseball at some point. Now, do I think there's going to be baseball when it's all said and done? I do, because it still makes sense that if Rob Manfred is admitting that we are ready to pay them prorated salaries, then the union is going to come and say, "Okay, let's set a schedule. Let's figure it out. There is posturing going on right now. There is saber rattling going on right now. And when it's all said and done, I would like to believe that both sides recognize that a year without baseball for absolutely no good reason would be the disaster of all disasters for both. So that was one of the. you know, more pessimistic interviews that happened on that Sports Center special yesterday. But coming up on the Blitz, we also got to hear from Roger Goodell on what the NFL season is shaping up to be like, how testing protocols would work. Also, a small number of Dallas Cowboys players reportedly tested positive for the coronavirus. Roger Goodell responding to that. And if that has slowed the momentum for the season at all, it's next on the Blitz right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. From the Alaska Airlines studio, this is The Blitz. Welcome back to The Blitz. Six Lydia occurs alongside with you Tuesday, June 16th. 
We heard that a number of Dallas Cowboys players tested positive for the coronavirus, according to multiple reports yesterday. Also, according uh, to ESPN, a few Houston Texans have also tested positive. An agent, Rocky Arnault, told NFL Network that running back Ezekiel Elliott tested positive but is feeling good. Uh, Elliott later Question on Twitter why his medical information was made public by referencing the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, otherwise known as HIPAA. HIPAA's privacy rule, which prevents the disclosure of medical information without patient approval, only applies to health care providers. None of the Cowboys players had been at the STAR, the team's facility, during the offseason per league rules. The team has been in contact with the players and the club as an infectious disease consultant on its medical staff. But yesterday, uh, in the Return to Sports special, Roger Goodell was asked if positive tests are a setback for the league. It doesn't, Mike, because, you know, all of our medical experts uh, indicated that as testing becomes more prevalent and we're going to have positive tests, our players who are going to be in that, our personnel are going to be involved in the front office, our league office employees have been involved. So positive tests are going to happen. The issue is, can we obviously prevent as many of those from happening, but in addition, treat them quickly, isolate them and prevent them from uh, impacting on other uh, personnel. Roger Goodell also asked uh, to comment on John Harbaugh's recent comments. That the NFL COVID guidelines felt not humanly possible to follow, but uh, Goodell's comments on that, it centers around adapting. One of the things that we're all going to have to do, just like we did with the draft, Mike, is uh, adapt and change and do things that we might have thought were impossible uh, several weeks ago, uh, even months ago. Uh, so from our standpoint, what we have to do is do that. And so um, the protocols are stringent. Um, They're designed to be that because they're protecting the safety of our players and our personnel, including coaches, and making sure that we're doing everything reasonable. And they're developed by experts, not just in the NFL and the NFLPA, which have worked alongside of this, but outside experts from DICON at Duke and, and so many infectious disease experts that have been helpful to us in thinking through that and doing it in a way that is going to protect our players and our personnel. But also it will evolve Uh, as the circumstances change. We'll be changing our our, uh, protocols appropriately. The NFL commissioner also said he supports and encouraged teams to sign quarterback Colin Kaepernick. The 32-year-old has not played since the 2016 season when as a member of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he kneeled during the national anthem to protest racial inequality and police brutality. In a conversation with Mike Greenberg for ESPN's Return of Sports, Dell also saying it would be up to a team to sign Kaepernick and said he welcomes his voice on discussions of social issues. If he wants to resume his career uh, in the NFL, that obviously is going to take a team to make that decision. But I welcome that, uh, support a club making that decision and encourage them to do that. If his efforts are not on the field, but and continuing to work in this space, uh, we welcome to that to that table and, and to be able to help us and guide us and help us make better decisions about the kinds of things that need to be done in communities. Uh, we have invited him in before and we want to make sure that everybody's welcome at that table and trying to help us deal with some very complex, difficult issues that have been around, unfortunately, for a long time. Uh, but I hope we're at a point now where everybody's committed to making long term sustainable change. 
Earlier this month, Goodell released a video apologizing on behalf of the NFL for not doing a better job of listening to players' concerns on racial inequality. He got some critique for not mentioning Kaepernick by name in that video, but a lot of praise as well, including a lot of NFL players. Uh, happy that he responded to the players' video in that way. On Monday's interview, he praised Kaepernick and others for raising issues such as racism and injustice and was asked, well, what's changed in the league's stance now? Because they seemed pretty critical a couple years ago. I, I think we've done a couple things. One is our country uh, was going through something where we were seeing these things that our players had highlighted, including Colin and so many others. What what they were talking about and what they were protesting and what they were trying to bring attention to was playing out right in front of us and tragically. And so all of us saw that and it was difficult for all of us. And so that was an important point for us. Uh, more from Roger Goodell later in this hour. But up next on the Blitz, we also uh, heard from the NFL PA in their recent conference call how the NFL might deal with the financial implications of the coronavirus pandemic uh, and why uh, their collective bargaining agreement might help them out. Also, the NBA restarting its season, although some star players concerned about the return, including both the health and safety protocols of the bubble-like atmosphere there in Florida, but also if this will distract from the Black Lives Matter movement and the message going on. Damian Lillard spoke on that as well as Adam Silver. It's ahead on The Blitz right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to The Blitz from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Welcome back to The Blitz at 6. Eddie Cruz alongside with you. Thanks for hanging out with me this morning, Tuesday, June 16th. It's okay if you're losing track of days. Sometimes at least it's light out in the morning as we move towards the longest day of the year. Pretty incredible. Summer uh, just around the corner. Now, with a group of players concerned about the NBA restarting its season amid not only a a global pandemic, but social unrest around the country as we deal after the aftermath of the tragic death of George Floyd and others, uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said he's listening and it's his belief that the league, the players will be able to work through most of their issues over the next couple of weeks. Um, A couple of notable players had made their case, including Kyrie Irving, uh, Dwight Howard, as well expressing concern over the return of basketball, taking focus from the social injustice facing African-American people in the United States. And Adam Silver saying he is listening uh, yesterday on SC's return to sports special, along with Portland Trail Blazers all-star Damian Lillard, who also acknowledged the concern that some players expressed uh, both on returning amid amid the social unrest and amid returning safely in the bubble-like environment near Orlando, Florida. NBA Silver, or excuse me, Adam Silver, geez, Lydia, just combined those, on the return being about more than just money. People pointed to the, the financial component of this, and, and Damien, I know is coming on, he can speak to this. I mean, the incremental difference between, at this point, playing and not playing isn't nearly as great as people think, especially given the enormous expense in putting this on. Really, it's, it's more a sense from the entire NBA community that we have an obligation to try this because the alternative is to stay on the sidelines. And the alternative is to, in, in essence, give in to this virus. And while on one hand, this won't be forever and there, this, we will ultimately find a vaccine, presumably, or some sort of you know, antivirals that will help deal with the people who have, who have the conditions of COVID-19, 
that for us, you know, we feel this is what this is what we do. You know, we put on NBA basketball. We think that for the country, it'll be a respite from enormous difficulties people are dealing with in their lives right now. And I also think in terms of social justice issues, it'll be an opportunity for NBA players in the greater community to draw attention to these issues because the world's attention will be on the NBA in Orlando, Florida, if we're able to pull this off. Damian Lillard admitted he did not feel 100% comfortable about returning, but also said it's a risk worth taking and believed that the NBA can allow players to have an impact on their communities as well as a platform. I'm not really sure. I don't feel 100% comfortable, but, you know, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, this is what we do. This is our job. And this is how we take care of our families. And also, like I mentioned earlier, it's my way of providing for uh, communities and impacting my community. So to play the game I love, to to resume the season, you know, I guess it's a it's a risk that I'm willing to take. A coalition of players, including Brooklyn Nets all-star Kyrie Irving and Los Angeles Lakers guard Avery Bradley, is examining the NBA's plan to restart with concerns by some players about returning at the forefront. Lakers center Dwight Howard also expressed his concern about taking away focus from the Black Lives Matter movement. And Damian Lillard saying he empathizes. He said Kyrie and Dwight, they have a point. But I think as far as the racial injustice, I think that's where... Um, a lot of the struggle is for a lot of athletes. I think our our league is made up of so many African-American, majority African-American players. And a lot of our hearts are with our people. You know, our, our mind is with our people. And we feel like we should be a part of that. You know, we should be a part of that, that fight. And that's where the struggle is. I think that's where you're hearing a lot of guys kind of coming out saying, you know, maybe we should be focused on that instead of worrying about, you know, going back in and jumping into the season. Uh, but then I think on the, on the other hand, you know, I, I, I can only speak for myself, but I think, you know, it goes for other guys as well. We are the, the financial support for our families and uh, for a lot of our community. You know, we bring um, a lot of that, that financial responsibility um, to support, you know, black businesses and black communities. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense for us from that standpoint, you know, but I think, A lot of guys in the league have a point. You know, I think Kyrie and Dwight have a point. Silver admitted there might not be a single uniform view among the players who will be returning with the 22 teams involved in the restart, which is tentatively scheduled for the end, tentatively scheduled for the end of July, that this may be up to the individual um, and that it's, it's a really big ask for a lot of people. But I can only say it may not be for everyone. I mean, it will entail enormous sacrifice on behalf of, of those players and for everyone involved, the coaches, the referees. Listen, it's not an ideal situation. We're, we're trying to find a way to our own normal in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of essentially a recession or worse with 40 million unemployed, and now with enormous social unrest in the country. And so as, as we work through these issues, I can understand how some players may feel that it's not for them. And as, as you said, it could be for a host of reasons. It may be for um, family reasons. It may be for health reasons they have, or it may be because they feel, as some players have said very recently, that their time is best spent elsewhere. Silver said it will take enormous sacrifice on behalf of everyone to return with all the challenges ahead. And Damian Lillard also asked, what will it be like to play basketball right now? I'm not sure. Like you said, it's a... Uh... 
something that none of us have experienced in our lifetime. I mean, the world literally shut down. I don't know if that's ever happened or when was the last time it did, if it has happened. But I think it'll be it'll be difficult to say the least because a lot of our, as I also mentioned earlier, a lot of our hearts, you know, is with our people. And, you know, that's that's hard to to go out there and be your best self or the best version of yourself as an athlete when you're not completely right personally or something isn't sitting right with you personally. Um, and that's something that's, you know, not just going to go away. So uh, I'm not sure how it's going to go, uh, but uh, we're going to see when we get there. Yeah, definitely going to look uh, different in the future. Adam Silver, here was he, uh, him on the uh, the sacrifices necessary to return. I mean, we're dealing with extraordinary circumstances. I mean, I, I think people, for not that anybody's forgetting, but this is incredibly unique circumstance. And what we're trying to do has never been done before, before as far as I know, to, to find a way, you know, to create our own sense of normality through all these incredibly difficult societal forces. And so, as I said, sacrifice in terms of the amount of turnaround, sacrifice in terms of how these players, coaches, referees, and others will be living on this campus, that's all going to be part of this. And, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. And yes, will the turnaround be faster and quicker than normal? Absolutely. Uh, Gary Bettman, NHL Commissioner, and Don Garber, MLS Commissioner, also joining that special yesterday. Gary Bettman on the NHL's plan for cautiously returning. We're relying on the medical experts. We're going to be focused jointly with the Players Association. Everything we've been doing has been a joint effort working together to make sure that we're adhering to the protocols, which will be very strict, and we will carefully monitor with extensive testing all the players that are in the hub cities and the supporting personnel. When we began the process of focusing on coming back, we were really focused on two health issues. The first was obviously COVID-19, and again, we're going to rely on the professionals who are telling us, including Dr. Fauci, that this is something that, that we can do and we can do it safely. And secondly, For a lot of our players, this is the longest they've ever gone without skating. And we determined, again, jointly with the players, that in order to move forward, our players had to get back into game-ready shape, and we didn't want to rush them along, which is why we've been very flexible on the dating from when we first announced our return to play plan. Gary Bettman uh, still with the two hub city ideas, one for the East and one for the West teams when they return and ramping up for that. Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, on how he envisions the Major League Soccer bubble operating in Florida. You only can do so much to create, you know, the proverbial bubble. It really does depend on the commitment from players and staff and and all those that are going to be around and operating to ensure that we're doing everything we can with our protocols, which have been, you know, created by infectious disease doctors to protect uh, everybody's health and safety. So the players will be down there, as you saw, it was, you know, 54 games. It'll last a little bit over the month, though not as long for all teams in that it is a tournament. You know, they'll be coming in buses that will be their own from practice and from games into separate uh, entrances where they'll be tested once they get back into the hotel. They'll go up to their rooms and spend a great deal of time, you know, with each other because the teams will be tested, but really separated as much as possible from anyone else. We'll have activities from them. It is a resort. You know, they, we've worked with them and worked with the union to try to find activities that'll keep them engaged and understandable. It is unique. Uh, it is challenging, but 
you know, they are committed like we are to get everybody back. And this was the safest and most certain way that we were able to come together with. Coming up on the Blitz, it's time for the hot list. A new contract for 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. What are the details of that? How long How long will he be in San Francisco, at least for the foreseeable future? Next in the hot list right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. From the Alaska Airlines studio, this is the Blitz. It's time for the hot list. Holy mackerel. The headlines for the day in sports every morning at 645. Heck yes. What are we missing here? A full breakdown of the top stories of today on your morning drive. Let's go. Francisco 49ers have inked head coach Kyle Shanahan to a multi-year extension. The team announcing formally on Monday, the six-year contract replaces the three years remaining on his deal and ties him to the Niners through the 2025 season. Also makes Shanahan one of the NFL's five highest paid head coaches. Uh, what was unique about this was uh, it was a quick negotiation between 49ers owner Jed York and Shanahan. Uh, they sat down and quickly figured out uh, that this was going to work, that they both were committed to one another, and uh, their second six-year contract in just more than three years, the product of that discussion. Shanahan signed his first six-year contract with the 49ers in February 2017. A small number of Dallas Cowboys players tested positive for the coronavirus, according to multiple reports, and according to ESPN, a few Houston Texans have also tested positive uh, an agent, Rocky Arnault, told NFL Network that running back Ezekiel Elliott tested positive but is feeling good. Ed Werder, ESPN, a reporter on Zeke Elliott testing positive. I think the bigger issue is the reaction around the league to this development. I've talked to two head coaches in the league, and both of them really seem to be reluctant to start the season on time. There seems to be motivation among NFL head coaches for the league to push back the start of the season. One coach telling me, how in the hell are you going to bring 90 guys to training camp in a month? What if 10 guys get it? You quarantine the whole team? And then the other coach said, you know, what happens when four starting offensive linemen get it? What if it's the quarterback room, four of your six receivers, the defensive coaching staff? And just really questioning, ultimately, the wisdom of playing during a pandemic. Roger Goodell on SportsCenter yesterday was asked, was asked if the Cowboys and Texans positive tests are a setback. It doesn't, Mike, because, you know, all of our medical experts uh, indicated that as testing becomes more prevalent and we're going to have positive tests. Our players who are going to be in that, our personnel are going to be involved in the front office. Our league office employees have been involved. So positive tests are going to happen. The issue is, can we obviously prevent as many of those from happening, but in addition, treat them quickly, isolate them, and prevent them from uh, impacting on other uh, personnel. ESPN analyst uh, Lewis Riddick on how the NFL may have to alter or change training camp in the preseason. I mean, many teams have expressed the same things, I think, that everyone is hearing, and that is, how are you going to actually play the game? How are you going to actually practice the game and get ready to play without there being close physical contact? Does that mean, you know, maybe we change the way we practice? Could there be less padded practices? Could there be more walkthroughs, more teaching sessions, and less contact? Could you actually wind up bringing less people to training camp instead of the 90 players, cutting it down 
say, by 20 and bring in only 70 players, so there's less players that you have to house. Could they cut down the preseason, actually, you know, and go from four games to two games? So, again, there's less physical contact. It could fundamentally change how, you know, teams really prepare for a football season in a way that we have never seen before. Also yesterday, Roger Goodell asked about John Harbaugh's comments uh, recently that the NFL COVID guidelines, the health and safety protocols, make it nearly impossible, uh, humanly impossible to coach and play football. And Goodell responding to those yesterday. One of the things that we're all going to have to do, just like we did with the draft, Mike, is uh, adapt and change and do things that we might have thought were impossible uh, several weeks ago, uh, even months ago. Uh, So from our standpoint, what we have to do is do that. And so um, the protocols are stringent. Um, They're designed to be that because they're protecting the safety of our players and our personnel, including coaches, and making sure that we're doing everything reasonable. And they're developed by experts, not just in the NFL and the NFLPA, which have worked alongside of this, but outside experts from DICON at Duke and and so many infectious disease experts that have been helpful to us in thinking through that and doing it in a way that is going to protect our players and our personnel. But also it will evolve uh, as the circumstances change. We'll be changing our our, uh, protocols appropriately. Trying to adapt. Philadelphia Eagles standout right guard Brandon Brooks uh, said Monday on Twitter that he tore his left Achilles tendon. The injury occurred at the Eagles NovaCare Complex where Brooks had been rehabbing from late-season shoulder surgery, according to ESPN. He dislocated his shoulder in Week 17 against the New York Giants, and that forced him to miss the Eagles' wild card uh, loss to the Seahawks in January. Brooks had previously ruptured his right Achilles in a 2018 divisional playoff loss to the New Orleans Saints. Man, this guy has been through a lot uh, in the league. NFL MVP Lamar Jackson Uh, Speaking of injury news, he is fine after falling over a jet ski in a video that was posted on social media. In the video, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, he's running with football on the beach before colliding, hitting a parked jet ski and falling headfirst into the water. According to ESPN, though, Jackson not injured. NFL PA's recent conference call with player agents, well, it outlined safety and financial implications of the coronavirus pandemic as the NFL gets ready for the 2020 season. The call included NFL PA Executive Director DeMarie Smith, President J.C. Treder, and Medical Director Tom Mayer. The union explaining that players could be tested roughly every three days for the virus and isolated if they test positive. The union said it's working with the NFL on return-to-work protocols, Four players, those still have to be discussed and implemented and agreed to. But uh, when discussing salary cap implications, agents were told the NFL could lose around $3 billion in total revenue if teams play without fans in empty stadiums in 2020. Multiple league execs uh, telling ESPN they expect teams to report to training camp in late July as planned, but an extended ramp-up period of testing, conditioning, and football activities could replace the first two preseason games. Quarantining players before they take the practice field has also been discussed. Moving up training camp, also a topic of discussion, but most agree players wouldn't uh, opt in for that with little incentive for further virus exposure. Sources on the call saying no definitive plans emerged. They still have a lot of unanswered questions. The new collective bargaining agreement 
has a force majeure clause, important, the uh, the act of God clause, uh, which frees both sides from liability in the case of an extraordinary event, such as a pandemic. That means the NFL and NFLPA can negotiate on how to deal with salary cap losses in 2021. The players do 48% of the revenue next year, but that jumps up to 48.5 when the league enacts the 17-game season, which it can do between 2021 and 2023. So if the players are set to lose roughly one point. $4 billion in salary cap in 2021 or $45 million per team as that works out. The league and the union can decide to borrow from future seasons to help alleviate this year's losses. Matt Ryan, uh, he has been vocal recently about regretting his uh, that it's taken him so long to get involved in the conversation, the Black Lives Matter movement. And he spoke about that yesterday. I regret that it's taken me this long, you know, to to get into the discussion. It's something that I wish I would have done earlier uh, and would have been a better, you know, teammate and, and listener. But we are where we are and the timing is, you know, what it is right now. And so my commitment is is to try and be the best teammate, friend, advocate for community that I can be moving forward. But it definitely, like you said, it definitely does feel different right now. But uh, Matt now pretty active, even uh, starting a charitable effort on behalf of the movement, which is cool to see. The Denver Broncos agreed to a multi-year deal with FanDuel to make the sportsbook their official sports betting and daily fantasy football partner. The Broncos have become the first NFL team to formally announce an agreement like that since the league cleared the way earlier this year. The agreement will allow FanDuel to use Broncos logos in its advertising in Colorado, and the company will advertise in the stadium on the Broncos TV and radio broadcast and on the team's website. Proposition DD was passed in Colorado in November 2019, legalizing sports betting within the state. And earlier this year, after an in-house study, the NFL formally announced teams could individually sell sportsbook sponsorships. So that's a huge, that's a huge moment. Not such a huge moment yesterday for baseball. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred telling ESPN he is not confident that there will be a 2020 baseball season as long as there is no dialogue with the MLB Players Association. That real risk is going to continue, to quote Manfred. In the ESPN Return to Sports special, Manfred ended up walking back and backtracking on statements he made last week when he alleged that, quote, unequivocally, we are going to play Major League Baseball this year and said the probability was at a pretty confident 100%. But Manfred's tune has changed considerably in one week's time. Well, I know the owners are 100% committed to getting baseball back on the field. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that's going to happen. I had been hopeful that once we got to common ground on the idea that we were going to pay the players full prorated salary, that we would get some cooperation in terms of proceeding under the agreement that we negotiated with the MLBPA on March 26th. Unfortunately, over the weekend, while Tony Clark was declaring his desire to get back to work, the union's top lawyer was out telling reporters, players, and eventually getting back to owners that as soon as we issued a schedule, as they requested, they intended to file a grievance claiming they were entitled to an additional billion dollars. Obviously, that sort of bad faith tactic makes it extremely difficult to move forward in these circumstances. Earlier on Monday, the commissioner's office told the Players Association that it will not proceed with a schedule unless the union waives its right to claim that management violated a March agreement between the two parties. So essentially saying uh, that they will not allow that grievance to proceed or they need a waiver before they issue a schedule. 
Manfred was asked also what the talks are doing for the optics of baseball while the country has been shut down by the coronavirus pandemic. pandemic. Several people out of work right now. And Rob Manfred saying, yeah, there's a huge impact. It's just a disaster for our game. Absolutely no question about it. It shouldn't be happening. And it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. Would you describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season? I'm not confident, Mike. I think there's real risk. And as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue. MLBPA Executive Director Tony Clark uh, responding with a statement of his own saying that players are, quote, disgusted uh, that Rob Manfred walked back his comments after saying there would be 100% be a season. He also alleged that this proves that they haven't been negotiating in good faith since the beginning of this. Jeff Passan saying yesterday that uh, Manfred's comments have everyone on the side of the players now. The tide uh, has, has officially like changed that direction and that this relationship is one of the worst it's ever been. The contention between the sides right now, Kevin, is higher and deeper than it has been since 1994. This is the worst the relationship has been. And you see, I mean, it it is just not like Rob Manfred to come out and publicly call out union officials like that. And yet he did that with the union negotiator, Bruce Meyer. He did that with Tony Clark. And he's saying that they are operating in bad faith, which is as uh, as harsh of a charge as one lawyer can put to another. Yeah, a former uh, labor attorney. So Manfred feeling uh, pretty justified, at least in his comments there. But also, remember, he is a mouthpiece for the owners and worried about his own job retention. But unfortunately, it seems like these sides are farther apart than they have ever been. And uh, the future of baseball hanging in the balance at this point. That's a wrap for the Hot List and the entire Blitz at 6 Hour. Danny Gallant coming your way in seconds right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.